Comics. Movies. Music. Video games. Technology. Blu-ray. Television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. As always, this is hey, and special guests. <laughs> Out now is a film podcast where Abe and I are discussing new movies weekly. However, every now and then we like to do special bonus episodes, such as this one, which is a pretty special bonus episode. I'm happy. I'm happy to to get this one together. We have um, the directors of the up, of the upcoming film Ghost Team One, Ben Pizer and Scott Rutherford. What's up, guys? Hey, how you doing? Very good. How are you? Doing well. <laughs> <laughs> I wish Morgan Freeman was here, but that's another story. Uh, I wonder if he conducts an interview well. <laughs> the night is young. The night is young. Yeah, I'll get him. I'll, I'll text him. And Wait, you guys it. can do voices. You know you can have whoever you want on your Exactly. <laughs> Don't see. ruin the illusion. I'll, I'll send him a text. So we'll, see, we'll see if he just makes it in. <laughs> oh, wait. Who's that at the door? <laughs> hey, guys. I'm not going to do that. Like, was... Who's that? <laughs> I don't know what that was. <laughs> that's not Morgan Freeman. That's Aaron. Anyway, um, Ghost Team One is a is a new movie. It's coming out. Um, it is, it is what I call it a kind of a, a horror comedy found footage type movie, and um, we have the directors of that movie here. And um, I want to do a. I've seen the movie. I really liked it, and I figured, how, why not get these two guys on to talk about it? Hopefully, spread the word farther, further, and uh, you know, hopefully, get more people. To both. Yeah. Spread it both. Spread so, it every which way. So, um, Ben or Scott, you want to like, you want to explain what the the movie is in a few uh, brief sentences. Uh, Ghost Team One is a hilarious romp through the paranormal horrors. It's a uh, it's a movie, it's a movie about a couple of sort of pussy pothead dudes who have no interest in ghosts themselves, but they meet this hot kind of crazy chick who thinks their house is haunted, and they set out to make, like, a found footage paranormal ghost movie as an excuse to spend time with this girl and hit on her. <laughs> who hasn't into that situation out, Their house just might be haunted. So the crazy, crazy hot chick might be onto something. And here's the kicker, guys. <laughs> might be haunted by a formal ma- a former madam. Formal madam. A formal and formal. A formal matter. She's very proper. It's all, you know, it's, it's, it's a all... it's a very Lottie Doc costume drama mixed with horror yes. comedy. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Kate Winslet kills. Yes. You'd never recognize her. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's it's uh it's it's kinda like uh, paranormal activity meets uh, Harold and Kumar. But here's another wacky thing. Latinos are the stars. Boom. 
there you go. Yeah, I actually saw that. I thought that was actually really cool. Um, yeah. They actually have some really funny... Uh, the trailer is actually cut really funnily. There's a the scene where the, the boom mic hits again, and he's like, what the fuck? And I was, I'll actually burst out laughing. So I had a question about that. Did you guys uh, work with the, the writers on this? Or are you guys friends with the writers? Or uh, how does yeah. that relationship look like? We... Um... We got in, the, the script had gone through many iterations, and then uh, we got in a room with, uh, with the writers, Andy and Arthur, and sort of rebroke the story, and they churned out a dope draft, and then, you know, <laughs> it's very, it's very, uh, it lends itself to a lot of improv when you're working in found footage, because, you know, shit's just got to feel real, so, uh, so... Uh, I'd had some experience writing for a show called Workaholics, where oh, yeah. they did a lot of that themselves, where you, you would sort of write and write the script so that you could get on set, and the guys themselves are so fucking funny. They they have the script, they have the scene, they know what they need to do, but then they can just improvise from there and really like make it spontaneous and make it their own. So we kind of felt like this movie really lent itself to that, where as long as we had a great scene on the page, we could then let the guys really play on set uh so it was it was a huge collaboration it was, it was also awesome it was also a really uh pretty intense uh production schedule so <clears throat> we got a draft uh you know scott originally started out working with andy and arthur and then i came on and uh kind of had a draft that was not that close at all to what you finally see uh on the screen and uh and then over the next three weeks Andy and Arthur and Scott and myself, we really cranked on on getting it into the shape of what it is now. And then even on set, I mean, it was during lunch, the nights of the nights after we were writing and rewriting to figure out what this damn thing would be. Mm -hmm. That's interesting. Did, um, and I guess after finally shooting the whole, like, okay, so how like how much, how, how much like movie did you guys shoot that you had to edit into like what like, like a ninety minute movie? Well. <laughs> you know, you shoot and shoot and shoot. I know, but, uh, okay. You wanted to make the longest, worst possible version of this movie. I'm sure you <laughs> could make it weeks long. Um, but uh, it was always, I don't know, I think the, the, the longest cut came in at like two hours, and then it's now like 84 minutes or something. Which makes sense, because, you know, like pacing-wise and the type of story it is, you don't want it to last, you don't want to like last way too long, but... Yeah. Right. Totally. The more the the sort of more exciting part about the writing process into the improvising process is like because of the style of the movie that lends itself to that. You it, it extends beyond just like the dialogue of the scenes to it can be like the the narrative itself can kind of find itself on set a little bit, which is a really fun way to make a movie. You really just live this story for a month. And then try to make sense of it in editing. And you have the plan on the page, but at the same time, like some of our favorite parts of the movie exist because what was on the page was great on the page, but then when it came out on set, it was just not right. <laughs> like, like, for instance, you know, we have this movie about these two idiot dudes who want to make a ghost movie so they can scam on this hot chick. And we get it, so you have to cast funny stoner-type dudes and a hot chick. So we did. We got some stoner dudes. They're hilarious. We got a hot chick. She's like a fucking Mexican soap opera star. She's fucking gorgeous. <laughs> Everybody's happy. Everybody's happy. 
<laughs> if you smell her and you fall in love, like everybody did. And, and, and everybody's happy. You get on set, you start filming, and all of a sudden you realize halfway through the first take, you're just like, why is she hanging out with this guy? This doesn't make any She's fucking gorgeous. These guys are <laughs> Like, why is she at their filthy house? It doesn't make sense. Huge, huge problem for the movie if we need you to buy in for an hour and a half. Uh, but we sort of had the freedom then to go and say, like, oh, well, we can answer that question. We haven't yet, but we can. She's crazy. Hot chicks right. are always crazy. Like, nobody nobody tells a hot chick she's not nuts just because she's being nuts. If they have a chance to score with you, you play cool. And <laughs> so we were able to suddenly, like, sort of redirect the story through that and really build that into the narrative so that it really becomes much more a movie about two dudes competing over a hot girl they know is crazy. And that idea of like, ah, should you fall in love with a crazy chick? No, don't fall in love with a crazy chick. Well, she's not crazy. She's gorgeous. She's just eccentric. No, don't fall in love with a crazy chick. <laughs> you know, speaking of the cast, you guys had mentioned that it's a, it's a Latino cast. Did you guys aim for the characters to be, was the script calling for Latino characters or were the, the guys who auditioned just happened to be Latino? Um, no, the script didn't call for our, what it, it's kind of like once people start auditioning, yeah, what the talent called for it almost. Mm -hmm. It's like we had lines that anybody else who read them and talented, funny people, but they'd read the lines and it just sounded you were like, I don't like this guy. This just sounds like a fratty meathead asshole being like, oh, I like the fuck girls. Yeah. And then one guy came in, J.R. Villarreal, who's in the movie, plays Brad. He came in and just nailed it, and you're like, oh, I just believe this guy. He's, yeah. like, genuinely, everything he says is real. It's not trying to impress you with his meatheadedness. He's just a naturally beautiful idiot. Um, <laughs> and and he is Latino, and, and at that point, it sort of became like, why not? Why not go with an all-Latino cast? I skew it, it that direction. Yeah, and it kind of, you know, it makes the movie specific. We're working with super limited resources, and you still want to make the best movie you can, so how can you make it specific? How can you, you know, make it original um, and and just sort of draw your own interest? You're going to have to spend a year with this thing. How can you make yourself care about it? And I was like, I just don't want to see a bunch of white improv dudes who I usually see in the Burger King commercials. <laughs> For the next, they're great. I'm friends. I love these people. And, but, but it was it was way more fun to see a group of hilariously talented actors who you don't get to see in anything, mm -hmm. um, because there's just not many roles being offered uh, for great Latino actors. So I mean, that's the crazy thing. We're in LA, you know. So we're in this heart of of filmmaking, right? Of cinema, and everyone is an actor. Like everyone is an actor. Scott and I are actors. We, you know, we're 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 coming along. You know, we're we're working up through the minor leagues, but it's just like everybody's an actor. And so there's these great, talented people, but a lot of them, um, you know, because of the way the system works, just don't get a chance at doing normal roles of flawed, fun guys or a weird, passionate, eccentric lady uh, that that you would expect them to be able to. So so, so we kind of found that we. It, it really worked in our favor where we were like, well, here's a chance to do something that, you know, most movies aren't doing for no good reason. It's not like this is like a Latino issues film, 
But it was just like... <laughs> it wasn't? <laughs> yeah, it was just like, well, fuck, we're making another pothead comedy. These things exist anywhere. What, can't, can't it look a little bit different than all the other ones we see right now, at least? And then once you made that choice, all of a sudden... You, we realized, like, oh, along this this underserved demographic translates to a hugely underutilized talent pool, mm-hmm. where there's just these like phenomenally talented Latino actors who are just like, oh, thank God, a role, a real fucking role. I'm not a gardener. <laughs> I'm not a gardener. I'm not a drug dealer. I just smoke the drugs like a normal American adult. I just smoke a bit of weed. I try to get laid like a human man. If you watch the movie closely, though, you can see a very subtle border crossing. So keep your eyes out. <laughs> Noted. Easter egg. Got it. Uh, it certainly shows, though, in the film. I mean, yeah, the, 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 you know, the talent on display. Like, besides the fact that they're individually funny, the chemistry between them is very good. I really like that teaming of, of, of both actors in this film. And, and with her. And with the, what's your name, with the, the, other, the other actress in the film. Uh, uh, yeah, Fernanda. So- Fernanda. Fernanda. Yeah. Arrow, yeah. Beautiful. And yeah, no. Also it's... Megan, yeah. Oh, Megan's great too. Well, that's that's a good one to point out because we do have white people as well. So so white <laughs> whitey don't clear. opportunists. Don't the... flee, guys. Yeah. <laughs> that's the tagline for our podcast. Whitey don't fear. That's whitey how we don't fear. <laughs> um but no, it became this really fun thing where where all of a sudden, the white people are the minorities in the film, and it makes white people more interesting again. <laughs> like, the, the white guy is funny when he's a frustrated minority. Um, so, so it kind of worked in a lot of different ways, but, but especially that chemistry thing, where I think usually if, if there are films that put a Latino person in the movie, but a lot of times it's like, well, well it's the United Colors of Benetton. Like we'll make the Burger King Kids Club. We can we could have a Latino. The and Burger we'll have King an Kids American, Club. and we'll have an Asian and a boy in a wheelchair, and you know. It's like Captain and, Planet. Okay. Yeah, yeah, uh, and so to just say like, no, no, it's just a Latino guy who's friends with another Latino guy. That makes sense, you know. Just like white people are often friends with white people. A couple black guys might hang out. Like a couple Latino guys hang out. They're friends. It's real. I've seen Don John. Yeah, you know, that was a pretty good mix. Yeah. <laughs> uh, from a technical perspective, I was, I'm curious, how did you guys, uh, there's a scene in the trailer where, uh, you know, the, this ghost kind of gets freaky with one of your main characters. It looks like there's like some, some awesome sheet popping. How did you guys do that? Oh, we can't reveal the magic. Oh, no magic. That seems too magical of a thing to reveal, I agree. Uh, although, although the magic will be revealed on our holiday Blu-ray and DVD. <laughs> oh, there you go. Plugging so it up. can reveal the magic for a very small price, it turns out. <laughs> well, on a, on, a, on a similar kind of topic, uh, did you... Did you did you enjoy the idea of making a film that's both a comedy but also a horror film? What was what was that kind of handling that aspect like making something that actually has scares in it aside from being just funny as well? That became super fun for us, but we were both terrified of it at first cuz we're, we're total pussies. Yeah. I mean, we're we're we were like going to watch like The Exorcist for example, and we we're like we should watch this as reference. Please let it, like what would you want to do your watch? homework? Got to do your filmmaker's yeah. homework. So 
should we watch it by ourselves? I mean, that would be the easiest, but you know what? Hey, Scott, what are you doing? Maybe we should watch this together. Maybe what, in the morning. What are you Maybe doing? Morning. Yeah, 10 a.m. Windows open. <laughs> your mom wants to dial. You got the most light on your place? Could we get some orange juice yeah. and like you know, puppies playing yeah. with tennis balls? Yeah. Things in our periphery that are cute and not scary. So we basically, we're huge pussies. Uh, we're ridiculously scared of horror movies, and we realized it would be fun to see those guys in a, in a horror movie. That should be the see. synopsis right there on the back of the box. There you yeah. go. <laughs> we're total pussies. Just, a, just an open, open, <laughs> vulnerable sharing of our fears um, by the movie. Uh, we're also tremendously insecure with women, and we have body image issues. <laughs> Being distributed by Paramount. Um, also, we've been drinking heavily throughout this podcast. <laughs> I see that as a strength, but judge it as you may. More power to you. Yeah. <laughs> Let um, me hear the clinking of the glasses if you guys could. <laughs> we're it's a plastic mug. There you go. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Um, <Heard> it. <laughs> yeah. No, but but it kind of so it became it became awesome because horror movies are. The fucking good ones are great, and it is wild how gripping the simple medium of film can be. And like, no, no genre demonstrates that better than horror. So, being forced to sit through them to do our homework definitely like got you so excited about the movie and all the weird, scary shit you can do. And some of the most fun feedback we get is people telling us how scared they they actually were, which for a couple of dick joke writers. Very rewarding. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's one of the... Those are DJWs, right? Dick Joke Writers? That's the... Code yeah. The yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. DJ Dubs, what's up? That's, uh, but, I mean, that is one of the fun things, because when we were in the edit room, you know, it was obviously, it was always designed as a horror comedy, but, uh, you know, frankly, a lot of the, the first passes weren't weren't quite hitting. Um, yeah, they and we were, knew that... Now, now, I'm going to correct that. They were hitting. They were hitting. It was hilarious from day one. Okay. All right. I forgot. I forgot. <laughs> hilarious from day one. Everyone loved it, but people were like, how, how can we love this I more? Like, more? I have more. How can I have more? So what What we realized was it wasn't that the, you know, it wasn't that the jokes were off or that the characters weren't good or that the story wasn't playing. It was just that, frankly, our scares weren't there yet. And once mm -hmm. we started really hitting the, the jumps, I mean, they're not the, it's not the scariest movie of all time. Certainly not. Yeah. But... Um, yes, it is. It's horrifying. It, 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 <laughs> it, no, but it, 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 it fits because like, as, as a person that has seen the movie, I think it does work really effectively. And it's, it even sets up pretty early on. You get you get a moment of, you set, of setting up the I mean, it, it speaks to how well the film works because you get an idea of who these characters are and you're 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 following. I'm sorry. What's the, <laughs> what? Not Brad. What's the other characters? I can't think of it. Oh, uh, uh. Brad and Sergio. Sergio. You're following Sergio early on in the film as you, you know, get an idea of what kind of film we're watching, which, you know, starts out as kind of like a party film where they're happy to be filming stuff, even though you have a kind of an, a cold open that shows you what the premise is going to be. But regardless, you get to like kind of the first scare in the movie and it works like because it's it's both kind of it comes out of nowhere. But at the same time, it, it's an actual like scary moment in this film that you'd otherwise think is like a fun, like, you know, party comedy. And so and then it kind of lays that in throughout the scenes and you get to other sequences in the film which i think are legitimately scary i think it, you guys, i would say that you guys did a good job of providing a movie that's ostensibly a comedy but does have horror elements in there that work well in the kind of the realm of of where we are today with these other you know found footage movies that come out on a yearly basis where 
you certainly have to compete with that aspect to an extent, but you do you handle it appropriately. Yeah, no, it kind of it 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 worked well for us. We found this was sort of a pleasant surprise because, like, comically, we love like Spinal Tap and <laughs> like Christopher Guest and okay. you know just grounded, just hilariously grounded, uh, almost like docu documentary style comedy, like The Office or something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so by having those sort of grounded characters in the comedy side, it sets you up for a world and a tone that you were in a grounded enough, real enough place when the scares come that you're ready to be startled, that it actually like can scare you. And then you can go, you can kind of like go between the two places deceptively easily because they both, the, for the scare to work and for the laugh to work, both require that you be in like a fairly real grounded world with characters whose behavior you're actually believing. Which makes sense in a scene like the one that A brought up in the trailer where there is someone's in a bed and something appears in that bed. And the way it, <laughs> the, the justification for that is both frightening and hilarious because of the what's being implicated in the scene, but also the right. fact that what is being implicated in the scene, like, <laughs> it works on both levels. And, right. No, and that's, I mean, like, Again, that idea of, like, the pussies being in the movie, you know, like, it's the same sort of thing, because at, at every point, we just ask ourselves, it's like, what would you do if this happened? And like, yeah. if you just saw that scary-ass thing, would you really want to go upstairs? Like, I don't want to go upstairs. You want to go upstairs? <laughs> upstairs seems like the worst place to go. Have you seen this house? It's terrifying. Which leads to, like, running miles away from your own house. <laughs> like, one of the solutions yeah. to one problem. Yeah, no, we wanted guys to, yeah, like, run away definitely run away i would run away there and then it sort of requires you to find the thing that would bring them back to the house and that was where the beauty of this beautiful girl comes in where scared men will do stupid things in the name of a beautiful girl <laughs> i saw in the i saw in a, like a still photo that you know one of your characters i think sergio has a he's got a gopro and uh, i was just curious did you guys use other dslrs uh, to shoot or did you guys also use, uh, you know, full, full-on, you know, grown-up cameras? It was, uh, it was mostly uh, IMAX cameras, you know, <laughs> 65, 70 millimeter. Wow. Yeah, I think it really pays off when you see it in the big screen. You'll really be able to tell the difference. Um, uh, we also used just uh, some like prosumer cameras, uh, like the Panasonic AF100. And um, so it was a mix of GoPro and uh, a couple of these, you know, easy documentary style cameras. Uh -huh. well, so when you have a budget of a hundred million dollars, it really helps to just make it feel like a homegrown film. <laughs> so, exactly. Yeah. I mean, the conversion techniques in post these days are amazing. You can just dirty that frame up. The money's on the screen. Exactly. The money's on the screen. Every <laughs> every dollar was spent to make it every look cent. Like not a penny was spent. And it shows the money is on the screen. Well, I mean, yeah, kidding aside, I mean, the movie, I mean, it does what helps it is it does feel reality based as far as that, you know, can go to a movie that involves a a a, a horny haunted house. <laughs> oh, these things are real. These things happen. We did the research. Yeah. I mean, one thing, honestly, though, to, to help with the to help with the, the vibe and everything on set was, you know, just uh, like I think we did a great job and Scott did a great job uh, creating this atmosphere where it's just, it's a real situation. And what's great about it was the camera guy, 
which is part of the scene. So it wasn't like one of these found footage movies where uh, the camera guy is a muter. He's not even referenced. The, the actors are constantly referring to to the camera guy as Billy Chen and 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 referencing. What are you What are you doing, man? What are you here for? You know, they they're recognizing that he's part of the scene. They're not ignoring the camera guy, and that that's huge because there's a human there in the room. I, so it yeah. just helps with the reality of the moment. I agree. It involves it involves that. The, the who's holding the camera aspect, which some other films of this kind of nature tend to, you know, for, forget about. And sometimes it doesn't really matter. Like the Christopher Guest films, for example, you don't really worry about who's being doc, who's documenting these people in many cases. But I mean, other films tend to no. not give, they don't, they don't give you enough to be invested in the style format that's being used. But yeah, I, I did enjoy having, I think, I think the difference being the Christopher Guest movies, they they've already, the conceit is that everybody knows they're in a documentary. Yes. Yeah. Everybody knows that they've signed on to documentary. And so no documentary needs to explain why it's filming its people. But, you know, a found footage movie like this is a story of just Joe Schmoes who picked up a camera and started filming. So it's not like a pre-established documentary. And I think that as a viewer, you do want some sort of explanation why they started filming and why they've continued filming and why this footage that has been found existed in the first place you know i think there's a difference between found footage and documentary even yeah. though they might look the same and can ultimately be really cut in the same ways like you kind of want that explanation for your narrative experience a bit more in found footage yeah i have i have a i use it kind of as a blanket term which i, <laughs> I don't really like to do <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah yeah sure great i mean I another like it, another another difference too is that uh you know christopher guest or other mockumentaries or the office uh, we'll have interviews directly to camera with with your with your yeah. characters. Right. So that's um, whether or not you hear the interviewer, you know, as an audience member, you know what that setup is. It's an interview setup. You know that they are talking to the filmmaker, um, which is you know something we don't have unless it's unless it's the other characters doing it. Oh yeah, I uh, just want to ask you guys. You know, I was, this kind of goes into some of your. Uh your biography here on IMDb and as well as I'm sure over the web, but, uh, Ben, it looks like you graduated from UCLA's, uh, uh, film graduate film program with an MFA. Um, did you feel as though, you know, some folks, they kind of just pick up stuff just like Robert Rodriguez might pick up a camera and start directing. Did you feel as though you were given some guidance and direction that really helped you out in your career thus far going well, through these master's programs? I, I would say, I would say, frankly, the best thing about a program like that is who you meet and that's what we call a segue in the business. Uh, as Scott Rutherford, my partner here, also went to the Graduate School of UCLA for film and television. <laughs> so that's actually where we met. That's where we met. And I do think, for me, it was awesome. I mean, it, it sort of, I'm sure <laughs> I don't for a second think that, well, Robert Rodriguez, even he went for a year. But I don't think, yeah, I mean, there's plenty of people who do not need to go to film school. <laughs> And probably nobody needs to go at all. Uh, but I enjoyed myself. <laughs> you know, you, spend, <laughs> you just have time to just think about nothing but movies with, uh, with other people who are doing the same thing and have more experience and have knowledge and stories to share and room to make mistakes. And it's just a really wonderful environment to spend some time if you can. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I mean, it, it does, like what Scott just said, it gives you the opportunity to try whatever the hell you want without 
real uh, fear of failure. And then when you do fail, the lessons hit nice and, and accurately. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, I think, I think a lot of people go, in, go into film school thinking they are auteurs and that uh, they're going to make a film that is, uh, is perfect right off the bat. And that's obviously not the case. And those are, those are good lessons to learn. I learned some good lessons, although I would love to show you some of my earlier work. Uh, can we find that somewhere on the on the interwebs no you cannot no you cannot i don't know what you're getting at but yet (laughs) Yet. (laughs) until the scott rutherford tell-all book comes out no that's bad (laughs) Uh, so like apply applying this to towards ghost team one how what's the what is it what is it like to be kind of joint directors on a film how did that process work that sort of came to be uh, fairly organically. I mean, the whole thing was such a fast-moving train that uh, you kind of, every day you just made your best choice, (laughs) move forward. And so all of this just kind of found itself along the way in the same way that, like, didn't set out to make a uh, Latino-dominant movie and it just came to be. And as it did, it ended up being totally the right choice for the movie. Um, that's sort of how this came about. I was originally, uh, brought on to direct, um, I think because of my workaholics experience and that sense of, you know, this being a fast moving train that needs to be able to jump off the page and use improv to find itself. Uh, so I was brought on to direct then. I was brought on like three weeks before we went into production and just knew we had more to get done than could possibly be done. So when I went to hire a DP, I went uh, to, I have, there's a lot of great DPs from UCLA, but I knew that Ben was a guy who was a director as well and uh, was an accomplished cinematographer who had run his own production company directed his own movies, like could kind of do everything Mm -hmm. uh, as a filmmaker. So knowing that you're just going into this project completely undermanned and under-resourced, it was kind of a no-brainer that the DP you want to get is the guy who can do everything and have a sense of humor. And then that's just sort of how the movie got made. It was such limited resources that everybody was doing everything. Like the guy who did set design also did costumes also did what else <laughs> did, did everything breakfast burritos <laughs> in the morning <laughs> yeah i mean everything uh and so you know by the end of it ben and i had both been involved in rewriting and uh editing and really you know we, we always talked about this idea that a director and a DP could be co-filmmakers. And by the end, we really felt like that was the story that had occurred and that we wanted to tell. And so there is no title co-filmmaker. <laughs> so the title is co-director. <laughs> and so that's how that is, <laughs> where it's like this weird thing that is just the process that came to be. The whole movie kind of demanded what it needed found itself, and then left everybody dealing with what <laughs> what had occurred. Like a, like a bizarre performance art troupe that comes together and they're like, I don't know what just happened, but it happened. And Bobby kissed Sue 
And Sue kissed Kelly, and everybody <laughs> was groping, and we all got naked right in the third <laughs> act, but it felt right, and we can't undo it, and it happened, and we just need to live with the relationships as they are. And so... Doesn't sound much more collaborative than that. <laughs> <laughs> I am Bobby in that scenario, yeah, in case it. you guys weren't picking up on that. Then did a lot of kissing. Uh, did a lot of kissing and a lot kissing of... Kissing bandit, guilty! <laughs> um, it really wasn't far from that. Like, honestly... Uh, not the making out part so much, but uh, like my fucking water heater broke in the middle of production. And so I had to start taking showers on set and people <laughs> would show up to set to find me coming out of a shower with like wet hair and a towel being like, oh, okay, gather around, gather around. Let's talk about this scene real quick. I'm going to put pants on in I a second. I had to get inspiration from the shower. <laughs> yeah. How, yeah. Uh, how long yeah, was the I, shoot? Uh, the, shoot was, the shoot was uh, 21 days. Is that right? Tight. 20 days over uh, maybe like 19 days i don't know it's it like 19 days i think it was one over, 19 days of shooting over 21 days sorry it, i think it was actually a 486 hour day i believe so <laughs> yeah, i think it's one day yeah, yeah. When you, yeah, one day with breaks for naps yeah um but yeah no it was we we had some long days some long nights but just one thing also on the working with scott i think what worked really well for us being a team yeah. was that, um, it, you know, when especially a movie like this is there's a lot of long takes and uh, I'm there with the camera. So I'm in the room and then Scott's either in the room or he's on monitor or both. But it, it's a nice perspective because you have the person that's with the actors, especially in an improv environment. So where you're picking up things kind of like being in the scene with them and then you have that slight bit of uh, objectivity where you can be watching it and seeing the whole scene. So that putting putting me and Scott together with those kind of two different perspectives really, I think, helped the final project. Yeah, it's like Ben could be there with the camera feeling, literally feeling the moment. <laughs> like, you know, like feeling the timing of the joke. And then I can sit there on monitor and actually see if it came through or not. <laughs> like. Yeah. Uh, you may have felt that one, but we didn't see it, uh, <laughs> or or vice versa. But yeah, it ends up being a really, really fun way to find spontaneous, real little moments. Very cool. So, hey, are you guys uh, partners for life now, or are you guys going to do some different projects on your own and then maybe collaborate in the future again? Uh, basically, what comes next? We've tattooed each other's middle names on our foreskin. Nice. Uh, <laughs> and we're just, you know, not no look, no looking back. <laughs> no one's ever regretted a tattoo at all. No, especially not on the foreskin. No. Yeah. yeah. Uh, from the Latin <laughs> no skin of regret, the old uh, that, that's not a term. That's a lie. That was <laughs> the, a the old adage. That was a lie. It wasn't don't, even Latin. Don't be ashamed. It don't be ashamed, Scott. Gives a new uh, definition to Smothers Brothers. Yeah. Hey, oh. <laughs> um, yeah. No, we're 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 right now. I mean, Ghost Team One works so well for us that we're working together. Um, Ghost for, Team 2. For, Ghost yeah. Team 2. Ghost Team 2. Um, Ghost Team 2 through, through 18. But <laughs> yeah, we have, a, we have a bunch of projects that we have in development right now. Um, so, so that's really exciting. So on the film side, and, and, and you know, a couple of TV things as well. Um, but what's cool about our relationship is we have this, this thing that we do as a team, but we also have our own careers as well. So... Right. For example, I do a lot of commercial work. As Scott mentioned, I have my own commercial production company uh, where I direct and DP spots. And then Scott's working as a staff writer right now on a new Fox show. 
um, which is really cool. So it's tough though. I mean, it's one of these things, right? It's like, you know, it's, it's rad. Like we ghost team one got bought by Paramount. How awesome is that? Very awesome. That is very cool. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, just like beyond our wildest dreams, we did not go into this project. Certainly thinking. Yeah, I did. did. It was in my contract. (laughs) He Uh, knew. Huge penalty. The producer was facing a huge penalty if that deal didn't get through. Several Starbucks runs if that did not go through. Plus, the the trophy you bought that says you sold out like wouldn't have made any sense if they didn't get you. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. But uh, but you know it's it's just crazy. I mean, this town is crazy. Uh, People make indie films all over the country, obviously all over the world, and um, it's kind of crazy to do it in LA because you're always still surrounded by the machine. And we all, maybe not everybody, but for the most part, everybody here wants to be part of the machine. And there's things you hate about it, and there's things you love about it, but it's, hey, I want to make a movie with uh, all the actors that I love, or, uh, you know, be able to realize the the stories that I've grown up wanting to tell. And this is the city that, that helps you do it. But um, it's kind of crazy to have that in the same town when you're struggling to make a movie because uh, you know you don't necessarily have a a budget to uh, to shoot another day, so it's this weird like dichotomy of um, struggling to make it in a town that's got everything. And uh, so now we're in this place where we sold this Paramount, which is so exciting. And uh, in some ways, it's like well, we're st- we're still the same guys. Like we still want to make cool stuff. It's just uh, the stakes, I guess, are changing a bit. All for coats. I'm all for coats now. living the high life yeah Yeah. but that's just sort of what i'm about at this point ben i'm glad ben mentioned wanting to tell the stories he's dreamt of all his life because i had that prior to ghost team one i did uh but now it's just fur coats and and gold grills and uh, (laughs) so i'm in the best friend is paul wall yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) uh when um so when is Ghost Team Ghost Ghost Team One coming out and uh, where can people find it? Friday, baby, October eleventh, everywhere. I um, I think you mean tomorrow, right? Tomorrow, guys. Today's Thursday. Recording live. Live <laughs> tomorrow, October eleventh, and uh, <laughs> it opens up. Uh, it's opening in fifteen cities, which is super rad. Um and uh. On it, demand, all over on demand, and all that jazz. Digital. So um, iTunes, Amazon. iTunes, yeah, Amazon. All that stuff. And, and of course, we would love for people to go see it in theaters because uh, it really is fun to watch with a group. It is, yeah. yeah. Aaron, yeah. You, you, saw it, you saw it in Newport. Um, yeah, that is, and for the listener, I, I saw it at the Newport Beach Film Festival this past April. Yeah, seeing it in a, you know, a crowded theater, and it was crowded. Uh, that, that it certainly was the, like a great way to see that. Like just like how I see the, I I am a fan of those paranormal activity movies, and I think they but I think they work well with an audience. That's how I go see those movies. And while this is you know different because it's a comedy as well as a horror film, um, it kind of plays in that same way where everybody's you know, as long as everyone you know wants. To, I mean, you can take this a little less seriously than something like paranormal activity, but I mean it it plays well to a big group that's all kind of in on the same thing and you get this great vibe where you're laughing, but also, you know, like kind of it tense at moments because the film does have its good horror elements in there. So yeah, it plays, plays well in a theater. And that's certainly where I'd recommend to go see it. 
Yeah, yeah. So you can go. I don't know uh, if 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 the the listeners I'm sure are familiar with the the internet. Uh, I believe that's how they're getting this, which is very exciting. Mm-hmm. It's new to us. Um, but uh, ghostteam1.com has all the information. I think it's slash tickets, so you can see what cities it's playing in, and um, you know, go buy buy your tickets there. Yeah, get sure. all your friends. Get drunk. Get inebriated. Get intoxicated. Let this movie change your life. I'll be sure to put the uh, the sites in the in the show notes, the links in the show notes, so people. Can oh, awesome! Yeah, too. Yeah, that would. No, be it great. really it is one of the most fun, big dumb group drunk experiences you can ever have. So treat yourself. Get your friends. Everyone get involved. I don't know why everyone's so high on sobriety these days. Yeah. but Overrated. take a break, people. <laughs> Smoke drugs. Yeah, screw that dare program. Drink yeah. liquors. Go see the movie. You will not regret it. Uh, and and honestly too, it's it's crazy. Is it's still it's still we're still a small movie, so it's it's great. We're 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 being released by Paramount, uh, but it really helps us, and it helps all the actors, and it helps the movie if people go see it in theaters because uh, then there's a chance that uh, you know it goes to other theaters and things like that. So awesome, guys. Right. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. Very cool. Hey, unless you have anything else to ask, I think we can just wrap it up here. No, not really. I definitely uh, enjoyed our discussion here. All right. Well, great. Uh, th- thank you, Ben Pizer and Scott Rutherford, for uh, j- joining us to talk about the movie. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Where, um, aside from Ghost Team One, is there any other place where people can reach you? Twitter or any websites or anything? Uh, yeah. Well, you know the 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 normal gamut: the Facebook, the Ghost Team One, uh, the Twitter. Ones on the Facebook also, so yeah, that, that is true. Uh, I got my company's called Standard Quality. I got the uh, you know the Twitter. Uh, Scott, uh, should we give his address? Is that what we're doing now? Do we- <laughs> yeah, that, this is the part of the show where we give home addresses and helpful directions yeah. for both the five and the four hundred five. <laughs> okay, okay, yeah, <laughs> it's very conveniently located. Yeah, but uh, that's I think that's where everybody yeah, can reach us. Yeah, reach out. Ghostteam1.com, Ghostteam1 on Facebook. Hitting theaters October 11th. Woo-woo. Woo-woo. Represent. Okay, I'm gonna, sorry. I'm doing it again. I'm going to do it again. <laughs> I thrown by the woo-woo. There was a lot of woo-woo excitement here. <laughs> Ghostteam1, hitting theaters October 11th. Woo-woo. Okay, we missed the woo-woo. One more time. We're going to really nail it this time. Get excited. Ghostteam1, hitting theaters October 11th. Woo-woo. Woo-woo. Phoenix, Los Angeles, San Francisco, San Diego, Denver, Miami, Orlando, Tampa, Chicago, Boston, New York, Philadelphia, Dallas, Houston, Seattle, Washington. Go see one. Go see it in theaters. October 11th. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. And Saturday. It's Friday. (laughs) Run it again. We'll run it again. (laughs) Join the party. You will not regret it. Awesome. Great. Well, yeah, great, guys. Thank you for joining us to you know, talk about the movie. And um, thank you, thank you, the listeners. And I hope you all go check out Ghost Team 1. It opens in limited release and on video on demand all over the place on October on October 11th. Tomorrow. Uh, so, yeah, tomorrow. Yeah, so. Uh, tomorrow. So, hey, uh, can I just say, before uh, signing off, yeah. you both have very sexy 
internet voices. Ah, uh, snap, son. That's see, that's how you get. That's how you get invited yeah. back onto the podcast. <laughs> that's, that's, that's right. That's okay. right. Well, I'm hoping there. You know, there's another one in our future. Yeah, for sure. We always. We all, we we love having new guests on the show, so maybe hopefully we can do like an episode proper some at some point. We can talk about it. We, can, we can make fun of some other team movie. <laughs> Clothing optional. I think we're all on the same page with that one. Yeah, I know you guys don't know this, but Aaron and I always record naked. So yeah. that was the original title of the show. It was out now with a nude Aaron and A, but it was just too yeah. much of a title. Just, yeah, too much. I mean, people were just going to go bonkers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was the problem. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you very much, Scott and Ben, for your time and. Um, Certainly, I'm going to go check it out. So, uh, certainly, I'll, I'll retweet at you guys. Yeah. Thank you very much, guys. Awesome. And, yeah, until, uh, until next episode, so long. And goodbye. joke writers very rewarding <laughs> um, i mean that's one of the those are djw's right dick joke writers that's the yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah 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 dubs what's up <laughs>